presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. So last week, if you were here, I don't know if there are, do we have many from who were here last week? A few, few, but half of you weren't. Yes, you can catch up on the podcast. So what I might do is give you um, a little bit of a catch up. We have been talking about living out of rest and how to um, slow it down, put Jesus first, not run so fast. And that's all well and good when things feel nice and peaceful. But when there's a lot of chaos going on or a lot of stress that gets really difficult. Some nods. Yeah, you're with me? Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, so one of the things that I felt that God put on my heart was to talk about not just when there are troubles in this world, because it says in the Bible we're going to have troubles in this world, and if you want a scripture to write down for that one, that is John 16:33. Jesus gives us this promise, you will have trouble. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, and we sigh. He said that we're going to have persecution, unfortunately. That when we believe in him and when we follow him, there's going to be persecution. And we're certainly seeing so much more of that these days, aren't we? Um, When we have certain beliefs about things and... Uh, other people don't, and so it's like firing at the Christians and, you know, people being sued for all sorts of stuff and um, there's so much persecution in the world. But I want to acknowledge that even though this world has persecution, that there is also an evil force that is at work trying to harm us. And I wanted to talk a little bit more about that today and you can catch up on the podcast if you want Um, so some of the some of the quick things that I'm going to give you that going to relate to what I talked about last week so the scripture in Ephesians 6 12 have you got your Bibles Ephesians 6 12. Did anyone go away and try to memorize that one? Sort of. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The Bible is full of scriptures about um, Jesus and Satan and evil forces and so you know angels and demons so we have to be also aware that this is part of our lives that there is a spiritual world happening around us and sometimes we kind of want to push that aside and ignore that and so last week I talked about some of the tools that the enemy uses to try to pull us down, to try to get our attention and to try to trap us into some some different thinking. But I don't want you to fear. Yes, there's evil forces, but when we have Jesus in, in our lives, we do not have to fear. 
And one of the examples I gave last week was um, from uh, Blake Healy's book, Indestructible, was that light does not have to fight darkness. When you put on the light, there's no fight, it just comes on. And so the same is for us. We don't have to fight the darkness. We just need to turn the light on. But the enemy does look for opportunities to make our life hard. And I talked about how he also laces everything with fear and lies. And he tries to get at us, to pull us down, to cripple us and to stop us from being effective. If somebody doesn't believe in God and isn't a Christian, they're not really much of a problem to Satan. Because when we believe in Jesus, we go to heaven. We don't, we go to hell. And so that means he's already, they already belong to him. When we're a Christian, we belong to Jesus. So there's not really a whole lot of point in killing us, right? Because where do we go? Heaven. So one of the things, or a lot of the things that he will try to do is make our lives miserable. And he's going to trick us into thinking that we have no power. He's going to um, try to stop us from being effective and try to stop us from serving Jesus. This is very real stuff. And as I talk about some more of this stuff today, you're going to go, oh, yeah, okay, I can see that and I can see that. And we're also going to talk about our perspective in that, where we can go. Like, we're not just going to talk about, like, darkness. We're going to talk about light. So, last week, I talked about this thing called scripts. (laughs) There's a few giggles around the place. Um, So this is me bringing in my my counselling space. Let's have a little counselling session. (laughs) So a script is something that we... is a thought pattern that we create in our life as we grow. And it kind of becomes something like a playwright. You know, like, so you have a script for a television show. It goes this way, this way, this way, or this way. So the simplest example I can give you, right, is um, if you don't have kids, you can think of it for yourself. If you have kids and you ask them to clean up their room, what is their response? You could probably think of what that response is because it's probably the same one every single time. And then your parental response, get this, will probably be the same every single time but you don't realise it. So we we create these scripts in our lives. So when it comes to some of the negative stuff in our lives, we begin to start creating scripts around it. So if you got something wrong a lot as a kid and you were corrected a lot, you'll start to develop a script that says, I am always wrong. Or maybe it's I'm not good enough. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Yeah. 
Okay, so how does this relate? Satan helps to create those negative scripts. And he tells us lies. And he lies to us. So just because I made a few mistakes as a kid, it doesn't mean I'm always wrong. Yeah? But I believe that, and so I begin living that. Because I've believed that. And we don't realize that some of these things are going on in our lives and in, in the way that we like, think about stuff. So now I've created this, like opened up this well of... Like, last week we opened up for a few people and <laughs> there were a few different conversations around, around scripts and what that's doing in, in your life. So it also comes around to that, that one, you know, like when you've had conflict with people and things have gone wrong... And you start going, well, nobody likes me anyway. I'm not important. Why should I bother? Things like that. So we start saying all of those things. So I want to use that, still that foundation of the lies that we kind of start to believe and where we kind of go with our life and we kind of start doing things in our interactions with people. We're talking about some of the tools that Satan uses to tear down the church. Last time it was a little bit more personal. This is still be somewhat personal, but it is also about the church. It's about you in the church. Satan is going to try to pit you against each other. Because he wants to break up the church. He doesn't want it worshipping Jesus. He doesn't want it to be effective. He doesn't want you to be effective. And he doesn't want you to serve Jesus. Got it? Yep. All right. You're all really quiet today. (laughs) Focusing, listening. Okay. All right. So the first thing that is on my list. So today is a D day. Are you going to get a D? A D the letter D. So my first word is discouragement. (laughs) Are you going to get a D on this test? (laughs) Fail. All right. So in the church, right, Satan's going to try to pit you against each other. He's going to try to create offense. He is going to try to discourage you. And he is going to use each of you to do that for each other. So the lies that you believe about yourself, that maybe nobody likes me anyway, so it doesn't matter what I say to that person. Huh? Yeah, no one, no one hears me anyway. No one thinks about me. Um, so, yeah, you can take offence to the words that people speak to you and be discouraged and walk away with discouragement just sitting heavy on your shoulders and I'm never coming back here again. Or, all right, I'll come back, but I'm really, really annoyed at them. And you can go away and start thinking about that a lot. And I think we just touched on this before. We can also take offence to not being noticed we can be discouraged because, well, no one notices me anyway. What's the point? Some of this stuff, this discouragement, then begins to feed into talking about other people in a critical way. 
it starts that backstabbing and that gossip because we don't feel good about ourselves and so we don't want to make other people feel good. The aim of this is to make you lose your confidence and to take your eyes off of... Let's say that louder. To take your eyes off of Jesus. The very point is to make you look away from Jesus, to look at each other and look at each other's flaws. In ministry... One of the hardest things when you're serving Jesus is about, like, some it is that not being noticed, and it's maybe it's about like being discouraged, maybe you didn't get things right. And at this very moment, I feel like I need to encourage somebody and do the opposite. So, Matthew, I need to encourage you. This is Matthew down the back if you don't know who Matthew is. Matthew is in charge of our maintenance. And poor Matthew, poor, poor Matthew has to work with me. <laughs> so pray for Matthew, right? So, you know, potentially there could be times that I might be a little bit fussy about stuff. No, all right? Okay. And I do like things to match. <laughs> there are too many laughs in this place. <laughs> and, um, and, and Matthew is so wonderful. He just, he just goes and he does stuff. And then I have, sometimes I go, um, Matthew, um, could we do it this way or, or that way? Right, okay, so sometimes he gets the really nice, lovely response. But there was this one week, right, that I was tired just finished music practice, so my office had been em- my office was empty and it needed stuff putting back in there. And he was here; he wasn't on sound, so he was putting stuff back in my office for me. And um, and 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 then he put something in my office that I didn't want back in my office. <laughs> and I went, "Oh no, I don't want that in there." And and then I was like, oh, man, I, like, I didn't say that very nice. He's like, okay, no worries, I'll go put it back. You know, and he just does it with this such awesome, fantastic attitude. I don't know if you go away feeling discouraged sometimes, Matthew, but I want to encourage you and I want to thank you for what you do around the place, um, even though I... Uh... <laughs> so so that, that's something like Matthew could have so easily gone, oh, well, fine, forget it. Like, what I do is, is not good enough for you. Don't appreciate me anyway. But he hasn't. So, like, he's been so faithful and he's just kept his eyes on Jesus. <laughs> and he has, you know, kept on, you know, what do you want me to do next, Kerry? Is there anything I can do? And he's just served so faithfully. Uh, so, thank you, Matthew. Um. <laughs> It's okay, I probably deserved it. <laughs> but I know, but I know that's the stuff that we do go away with, isn't it? And we carry that. And um, we, do, we do get discouraged. And Satan is using that to take our eyes off of each other. And so let's be really careful about how we speak to one another 
Uh, but also let's be really careful about how we process that information from somebody else. And I know that Matthew has been able to stay faithful and still do this because there have been other times I've like said, oh, Matthew, I really appreciate this. Thank you for doing this for me. So he knows that my heart is not to criticize him and to pull him down. And so in my, one of my bad moments, he's hopefully forgiven me. <laughs> Six minutes up. <laughs> Well, that's pretty good. Six minutes isn't that long, so like... <laughs> um, but yeah, so this, dis- this spirit of discouragement can also play on the scripts um, and on our life and who we've been and where we've been to start making us look for things that are going to go wrong. If we've had negative things happen in our childhood and it's been coloured by this lens that says I'm not good enough, nothing goes right anyway, no one likes me, then we start filtering our, our um, interactions with people through that lens. And so we, we begin to take offence to things that maybe weren't even meant to be offensive. And we think that people, you know, we're just trying to be mean and are out to get us. But generally, I'm pretty sure that every single person in this room and, uh, you know, would have to say that they're not out to get anyone. You're supposed to nod and say, yes, Kerry, like really enthusiastically <laughs> to that one. Like, are you out to get other people? No. <laughs> You're not... <laughs> Okay, you're like, we're looking for interaction and feedback today, guys. Come on. Like, <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to move on to the next D or two Ds. It's really one D, but it's two. Yeah. So dissension or disagreement. Dissension means disagreeing or arguing. I'm sure if you've been in church for a while, you've seen this one. <laughs> Man, <laughs> thank you, Matthew. Satan wants to put wedges of offense between believers and families. He wants to tear you apart. It's not just about this church family. It's about your outer church family too, whether they believe in Jesus or don't believe in Jesus. He is out to tear that apart. If he can't take your life as a believer, he's going to take your relationships. And he is going to take your eyes off of Jesus altogether. He's going to pit you against each other over small or minor issues. One of the really big things that we see in our world today and in churches is this spirit of religion where we believe that we're right and everybody else is wrong. Or there's little, little points of tradition that then tear people apart. Like, for example, which is the right Bible to read? Which version? Are you going for NIV? 
Are you going for King James? Are you going for the New Living Translation? There are so many things that Satan uses to pull people apart. There have been major church splits over this. This is why we have so many churches, is because people get these little things, they argue about them, they can't agree, and so they go off and they do their own thing and they create their denomination. Don't get me wrong, we want to make sure that we're following the Bible and that we're reading the Bible and that we're doing it God's way and Jesus' way. And there, is, there are different ways that people interpret that and it's in their interpretation that, that where Satan creates that dissension. That disagreeing and that arguing, it can also breed jealousy and it breeds discontent. Why didn't I get chosen for that? Or how about this script? I'm not going to let anyone push me around. It's going to use pride to make us think we're better than other people. So as a church, we need to make sure that we don't stop and say, well, our church is better than every other church. That this, this is the only church that you should go to. It's a pretty good church, by the way. Yeah, like... <laughs> but we also begin to make judgments about others through this filter of dissension, of kind of like creating arguments, we start to judge other people's actions and their lives. Are they doing the right thing? Are they following the Bible? They should be doing it this way, not that way. And then it also, one of the big things that Satan will do is he will try to create dissension between you and the leaders in the church. If he can create an argument between you and the leaders, he can get you, you feeling offside with the leaders and then you don't want to be there anymore. And then the last thing under dissension and arguing is that this leads to rumours. Oh, did you hear about? Oh, they said this to me. I remember one time there was a rumour spread about me and um, it came to my attention and I was just absolutely flabbergasted. I could not believe this rumour because it wasn't even something in my belief system. And, um, and this rumour was going around that I'd said this thing and I'm like, I didn't say that thing. What I did about that was I asked God to help me in that space. And I said, I actually said, you know, you know how we like, we want to fight for justice. That is not true. I did not say it. And you want to go around, you want to tell everybody about how this has been said about me and I want to make it right. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. I wanted to do that, but I didn't. I said, okay, God, if you give me an opportunity to talk to the person who I'd supposedly said this about, will you give me an opportunity? This person was not a person who came to church or that I bumped into very regularly. 
I think it was like literally, it was either within the week or the next day. Like, let's, let's make it a good story. It was the next day, right? <laughs> yeah, so you've got to have a good story, right? The next day, I walked into um, Woolworths, into Westlands, and I bumped into this person. And I, so I said, hey, I've heard that I've said this about you. I don't remember saying it, and I don't believe it. And so I wanted to say sorry. And they were like, I don't know what you're talking about. They knew who I was. <laughs> but the point is, is that, that Satan... First of all, he wants to bring that dissension. He wants to pit us against each other. He wants to create arguments. He wants to create um, so much um, fear inside of us and paralyze us and lies. But when we come to Jesus and we ask him to help us to sort it out, he makes a way. When we turn on the light, he's there in that space. However it looks, and sometimes, you know, do you know what? We've just got to be really careful that we do it the way that Jesus wants us to do it and not the way that we want to do it. Otherwise, we just make a bigger mess. <laughs> okay. So that was your second D. Getting three Ds today. All of this stuff leads to this other D word, which is disillusionment. If he can make you question your faith and your place in your family, church family, he's won, almost, if you let him. He, he can win that one. It's going to make you question your friendships. It's going to make you question your place in the church. It's going to make you question your leaders. And the point of that is to stop you from going to church. The point of it is to stop you from worshipping Jesus. The point is to cut you off and make you lonely. I'm going to pick this up because I've, I've written this as like, I'm going to say this fast in a second. Hang on. Are you ready for the scripts that come with this one? You might recognize some of them. It might be one of them or you might have them all. Well, no one likes me anyway. I'm not important in the church. I don't have a place there anyway. Church is full of hypocrites. I wonder if there's a God anyway. Who is this loving God? I don't feel loved. I can just worship at home. I don't need people. People just hurt you anyway. There's no point going to church or being around Christians. I'm done. He's going to use all of those phrases, all of those words, and he's going to try to stop you from being in church. He's going to try to stop you from having relationships. All of these tactics are there to distract us from what God's plans are in our life. To take us off track. But there's good news. There's good news. 
right? That's, that's what he's trying to do. We have free will. We can choose to listen to those lies. We can choose to listen to those scripts that we're beginning to develop out of the hurt and the pain that we're going through. Or we can choose to rewrite those scripts. And we can choose to stay worshipping with your church family. And when it's, when it's your family, family, outside of that, and whether they're in church or outside of church, you can still decide to stay within your family and not leave your family. Some people leave their families and move into this lonely space. Of course, my counselling head is doing all sorts of stuff when I say that because I know I know that some families aren't healthy and I know that there are some things that go really wrong and I know that sometimes people do actually need to separate themselves from their families because it's not healthy for them. All right, but let's not go too much into that space. Everything that Satan throws at us is laced with fear. All of the the disillusionment, the discouragement, the dissension, We're fearful of what people are thinking of us. We're fearful of not being accepted. Then we get a fear of being hurt and a fear of failure. And, you know, you, you can go, yep, okay, well, I'm past some of that stuff. I've decided I'm staying in church. But you can still stay there and be distracted. Oh, look, there's another D. (laughs) you can still be distracted by that stuff. You can still not be focused on Jesus. And when we're distracted by that stuff and when we're carrying that, we can't serve Jesus in the way that he's called us to serve him, in freedom and in joy and in loving one another and in caring for each other. I know that over time, um, Caleb and I have probably gone through many, many times when those three Ds have been a part of our life in ministry. And I think sometimes they circle around. You sort of move through stuff and then something else comes along and then you're like, oh. There, there have been times that we've gone... This is too hard. Let's just leave. You don't want to hear that, do you? (laughs) Not recently, but over the years, there have been times that coming into ministry was very, very discouraging. There was so much dissension and arguing and, um, you know, just unkind stuff that we had to just trudge through the mud to get through. And we were just so discouraged. And I remember getting to a point in, um, in my life when it had just gotten so bad that the depression was so heavy and the anxiety was really bad that it was hard to even sit and walk into church. 
And I felt like God said, you have a choice here. Right now you have a choice. You can sit in this mess and stay here or you can worship me. You can dig your heels in and you can keep going because I'll be with you in those in when you I'll be with you as you keep going. And so I just went, okay God. All right. I give it to you. And you know, like it wasn't a quick fix. I think that probably to really get out of that depression and anxiety, it probably took me about five years to really get to a space where I felt more free to be me. But in, those, in the five years, I, just rem- I remember some of the times just sitting on the couch and just having my Bible in front of me. And I'm trying to read but nothing is making sense. And I just looked at it and I'm like, well, God, like, help. Like, you're telling me to stay in this space, but I, I, uh, nothing's working. And I just felt just that whisper of the Holy Spirit, keep reading that one line until it means something to you. And so I did. I just kept reading and I started with the Psalms and I started with Psalm 1. Because the Psalms are great because they have praises and worship to God, but they also have a bit of whinging in them, right? <laughs> and so I just, read the, I just read the verse over and over and over and over, and then it hit me. And I was like, oh, there it is. And I just took that one thing, that one joy, and went, okay, Jesus, you're here, you're with me. That's it, we've got it. And like, you know, that's, that was sort of the start of that journey. And like I said, it took much longer than just like that one moment. It took trudging through the mud and it took persevering and it took um, putting on uh, sermons. And at the time, I wasn't really a person who liked to listen to sermons. I thought sermons were a bit boring. <laughs> yeah, oh well, I'm human. Um, and I just just kept listening to stuff and I just, you know, got out one of these, um, the one I went with was Breaking Intimidation and I had the study book and I went over it and I think I did that course about three times in that five years because there was stuff that I needed to come into the presence with Jesus and stuff that needed to break off of my life and things that needed to change. And so it's not easy, it's hard work but when Jesus is with us, there is joy in the end. Well, there's joyful moments. <laughs> and then there's the hard moments, and then there's joyful moments, and then there's hard moments. Oh, but go to Jesus. Draw near to him. Draw near to the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit into those spaces. And you know, one of the biggest things that I had to do and I, you know, I still have to work on every now and again, is forgiveness. I have to forgive the people that hurt me and um, let go of the past and start walking into the future. And then when the past starts gripping me again, is to continue to come back and say, I forgive them. 
Forgiveness is about letting go. And, you know, I don't necessarily believe in the saying, forgive and forget. But I do believe in forgiving and moving on. Because we can't always forget some of the really hard stuff. And in hindsight, it's not always good to completely forget that stuff either because we've learnt lessons through it. And then that's where the counsellor comes back and says, okay, what are the lessons that you learnt? What are the scripts that you developed in that space? And how do you need to rewrite them now? So in the not forgetting space, we rewrite that stuff for our lives. But Jesus forgave us first. So the easiest thing to do is to let go and to forgive. Because when we let go, we let go of something that's holding on to us. That person doesn't really care if I'm angry at them still. I don't even know. (laughs) But I know, and it's holding me hostage. And so I need to let that go. So, as I finish... Sorry, I'm laughing because Caleb said that I say so a lot. Now I've told you, now you're all going to... going to, re- <laughs> and I'm trying to not say so. But I did it. <laughs> oh dear. It's fun being in family, right? You'll still love me. Let's keep turning on the light as we finish off. As I finish up, let's just keep turning on that light. Let's keep knowing that we belong to Jesus. Let's keep declaring those promises over our lives and not the lies and the fear that, he's, that Satan has come to try to cripple us with and try to bring us apart and to think the best of each other, uh, to, love, to love each other. You have the ability to rewrite the past. You have the ability to rewrite those scripts that you have written for yourself or you have the ability to ask God to erase them maybe some of them need erasing and he will do that for you like I said last week you can ask him to erase it but that means you need to not go back there God help me to forgive that person but remember what they did and they did this and you need to say this to them and you need to get them no, Jesus, I forgive them. We need to keep going back. To, we need to keep going back to that or moving away from that thought pattern. We have the power of Jesus in us. We have the power to trample on snakes and scorpions, it says in one of those scriptures. <laughs> I, had it, I had it somewhere there. Um, we have the power of Jesus in us, so we don't have to fear the darkness. It doesn't have to, to grip us with fear. We can walk out and we can change the perspective that we have. So, Eli, do you want to come back and we'll finish with a song? The challenge 
laid out for you today is, can you keep good relationships with each other? To not let dissension come and tear you apart. Can you encourage one another so that you're not doing a D, although it is an E worse, encouragement, E. (laughs) Do encouragement, not discouragement. You know, and if you're feeling disillusioned, if you're feeling hurt, the Bible, like Jesus asks us to come to one another and to talk about that stuff and to sort it out, to hear one another out, uh, to listen to what someone else has to say and to understand their perspective and where they're coming from and to humble ourselves and to say sorry when we have hurt someone else's feelings. So let's turn on the light. Thank you, Eli. Shall I pray? I should pray. I should pray. Yes, let's pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're breaking chains around us already as we're listening, Lord, that you're you're taking scales off of our eyes and earplugs out of our ears to hear you. And to know that you're with us wherever we go. To know that we don't have to fear the darkness. But Lord, that you are showing us when there are things that that Satan is trying to, to poke us with and is trying to distract us with and trying to take our eyes off of you. Jesus, please help us to keep our eyes on you. We thank you for joy in serving and joy in loving you. Help us to keep on going out and sharing the gospel with other people. To not let all of this stuff, that the hurt and um, that, that can get to us, to stop us from sharing the gospel with other people. Open our mouths. Open our mouths to share your word with other people and give us boldness. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at BethelCRC.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on Facebook.